Good evening, and welcome to the Dreary Midnight Podcast. Tonight, we are going into internet folklore with some creepypastas. My name is Lisa. My pronouns are she, they. Let's get into it. What is a creepypasta? In short, a creepypasta is an internet horror story. According to the Urban Dictionary, it is, quote, essentially internet horror stories or a myth passed around other sites to frighten readers and viewers. The word creepypasta comes from the term copypasta, an internet slang term for a block of text that gets copied and pasted from website to website. Creepypastas are sometimes supplemented with pictures, audio, or video footage related to the story, typically with gory, distorted, or otherwise shocking content. Basically, creepypastas are the localized horror stories of the digital age. If you're not familiar with what a copypasta might be, it's those chain emails or Facebook posts that you usually only see from your tech illiterate grandparent or conspiracy theory cousin, or on Reddit. Sometimes the post is about how Facebook's terms and conditions have changed and the poster does not give consent for Facebook to use their photos or information, even though that's not how any of that works. Other times, more frequently on Reddit, they can be slightly more violent or sex-related, but it's gotten to the point where if you know what certain copypastas look like, they can be adapted for other media or fandoms. But how did creepypastas start? Well, how did any urban legend start? It varies depending on the legend. It's hard to tie a specific creepypasta to a specific person. And when you can tie it to a certain person, it's usually a semi-anonymous forum user. Not Jeff in Toledo, Ohio. To be clear, that was the first name that I pulled out of my butt. If there's anyone named Jeff in Toledo, I'm sorry. I hope you aren't an actual creepypasta author. But we'll get into two of my favorite creepypastas today. There are a ton, but these are my favorites. First one, Slenderman. Now, unlike many other creepypastas, Slenderman has an internet birthday. He was born on June 10th, 2009. When forums were more of a thing back in 2009, Something Awful had a Photoshop thread for paranormal images, The challenge was to Photoshop something onto an otherwise innocuous image to make that image creepy or paranormal-looking in some way, and to fabricate a witness statement to go along with the photo. On June 10th, a user going by the handle Victor Surge posted two photos in the thread, which I'll link the thread in the description of this episode. The first photo was a black and white image of a group of teenagers. There are two people walking towards the middle, and clearly talking to one another, and a third person is framed in between their two heads. And now, above that third person's head, there's a white streak that seems to be kind of out of focus. Initially, the viewer might think that this streak is just the result of something wrong with the photo, or the film, or the camera. But if the viewer turns up their screen brightness and stares a little bit, it's not a photographic anomaly. It's someone's head and torso. Just to the viewer's left, or what they formerly thought was the smudge, is another white smudge which, the viewer might realize, is this figure's hand. That's all you can see of the figure that would become Slenderman, 
as most of the background is dark, and Slenderman is always depicted wearing a black and white suit, with a pale white and faceless head, so it would make sense that all one would be able to see is the contrast. The accompanying caption was, We didn't want to go, we didn't want to kill them, but its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. The next photo is also black and white, and it is a photo of children playing. The camera is aimed at one child, maybe six years old, climbing up a ladder onto a slide. This child is definitely posing and looking at the camera, while a few other children are to the viewer's left of this child. A tree provides some shade. Framed in between the ladder and the tree is a tall figure in the far background. At first glance, the viewer might think it's just one of the grown-ups. Maybe this photograph is of a kindergarten class, and that figure is the teacher. But then you look closer and realize there's something coming out of the figure's back. Several somethings. Those turn out to be tentacles. The caption for this photo read, One of two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library blaze. Notable for being taken the day which 14 children vanished and for what is referred to as the Slender Man. Deformities cited as filmed effects by officials. Fire at library occurred one week later. Actual photograph confiscated as evidence. 1986, photographer Mary Thomas, missing since June 13, 1986. By the end of June 2009, Victor Serge had posted another photo of Slenderman, and several other users had also done so in that same thread. I'll link the thread in the show notes. Some of the Photoshop jobs are better than others for sure, but the better ones are actually kind of creepy. To be clear though, the original iteration of the Slenderman as we know it was as a part of this thread. When Slenderman started as an internet phenomenon, it was not an actual thing that a real human witnessed, at least as far as I saw. But during and after this thread, people added on. The mythos and the story grew. There was backstory added and context was expanded to the mythos. Slenderman will stalk your children. Slenderman haunted this person. Slenderman shows up in the liminal spaces at twilight or at the edge of forests. There are some very creepy Slenderman photos taken in forests where you think something is just a copse of tree branches, but no, it's Slenderman's tentacles. When I say it like that, it sounds ridiculous, but it's actually quite creepy. But the photos were posted and an internet legend was born. Later in June 2009, a YouTube account called Marble Hornets started a web series about Slenderman. It was in the style of the Blair Witch Project. The conceit was that it was the poster's college friend's college film project. It's all found footage and very grainy. The very first episode, entry number one, was posted June 20th, 2009. The last video, entry number 87, was posted June 20th, 2014 exactly five years later. I'll leave the link to the channel in the show notes. Each episode is between five and ten minutes long, some are a little shorter, some are a little longer. But, as legends often do, Slenderman legends grew and changed and leaked into other facets of life. There was a movie in the early 2010s. There were games, including Slender the Eight Pages, where the player is stalked by Slenderman and has to find eight pages before Slenderman finds them. 
The game was released in 2012, and a sequel called Slander the Arrival was published in 2013. According to some folklorists, Slenderman is a prime example of folklore for the digital age. It was born on the internet, it was communicated through the internet, there were various iterations of his appearance and powers, all of which were born on the internet. Of course, all of these iterations have something in common. Slenderman is tall, thin, faceless, often wearing a black suit with a white shirt, and often he harms children. Some iterations hold that his arms can change length, while other iterations say he has several tentacles coming out of his back. Some say that he possesses children to use them as his proxy, while others say he's just out to kill children. But whichever combination they're in, children should be aware and wary of him. It is interesting, though, since this is a purely digital phenomenon, but it taps into some mythical background that seems to go farther back than the internet. With folklore before the internet, most horror or ghost stories are centered geographically. Don't go to that part of the river, because La Llorona will get you. Don't go to that section of the forest. Baba Yaga lives there. Let's not actually say that that part of the river is very rocky and is prone to flooding, so you're gonna die, and similar with that part of the forest. There are variants based on don't go there for this reason, based on geography. Who this boogeyman is after, what the boogeyman's motivations are, who the myth is meant to protect. All of those vary based on region. Well, the unifier for Slenderman is that it's all digital, all on the internet. There was, unfortunately, an attempted murder connected to Slenderman. One of the perpetrators said that impressing Slenderman was allegedly their motivation. Since the story involves people who are all still alive, including the intended victim, and all of whom were minors at the time of the crime, I'm not going to go too far into it beyond mentioning that it happened. I'll leave a link to the Wikipedia overview in the show notes. Read it at your own risk. Slenderman plays into the cultural fears looking in the shadows and at the periphery. There are others throughout history that fill a similar role. And there are dubiously true cave paintings that depict a figure with seemingly multiple arms. Some say that's also Slenderman. Could be a coincidence. Could be created to support the Slenderman mythos. Remember, it started as a Photoshop contest. Again, for example, there are hieroglyphics that also depict a human figure with multiple arms. And allegedly, these hieroglyphics were found in the tomb of a pre-dynastic pharaoh. Since the pre-dynastic period was more than 5,000 years ago, there's not a lot of surviving documentation on, well, anything. Convenient, right? But that's all I have for Slenderman. And now to my next favorite one. This is called The Eleven Mile Game. And I'm just going to read it straight from the Creepypasta wiki. And it is the epitome of the tutorial genre of creepypasta. This is the 11 mile game. I'll leave the link in the show notes. Fortunately, I don't know of any stories connected to someone actually actively attempting this, but here we go. If you attempt this challenge, but fail, then who knows what will happen to you. If you finish the challenge, you will find your reward. 
Do you have something that you truly, relentlessly desire? Despite your state of life, is there something else that you would go completely to the end of the world to get? Well, lucky for you, there is a way to achieve what the journey can prove to be too bothersome. I am as confused about that phrasing as you are. The rules. Do not use a vehicle too large or noticeable, as you will need some of the cover of night to be most safe. Also, while any sort of car will do, you may not want to choose the most expensive or cherished vehicle. Do not drive faster than 30 miles per hour. You can take your slick new black Mercedes for the drive. If you're close, you will see or feel its signs, but what the signs will be will depend on on what it is you desire. For example, if you're in search of wealth, you may spot shimmers on the empty branches of trees, as if they ring you through the 11 miles, leading to whatever, whatever it is you seek. Each mile will test your desire and will always get harder. Do not open the windows when you've entered. Time has stopped, so you don't need to worry about losing the night. Though you may not notice, you're not actually in your own world anymore. Take one last moment to realize that once the first mile is mostly through the woods, with the first few miles being an exception. The air will be a bit- the air will turn a bit colder, in which you should turn on your heating system if the vehicle has one. You won't want to take your eyes off the road later. Take some time to calm any uneasiness by admiring some of the night sky. You'll see it completely lined with stars, and you'll realize that the vehicle's headlights will no longer be required. Restrain yourself from gazing at it. If you look at its light for even more than a few seconds, the road in front of you will end throwing your vehicle into the water, which, in which you will freeze in mere minutes. The voices will be gone for this mile, but don't rejoice yet. They'll be back. Now, the miles. On the first mile, if it gets really cold, you may turn your heater on. On the second mile, if you still have not turned the heater on, you should do so now. If you decide not to turn it on, you may regret it later. On the third mile, ignore any silhouettes that you may see in the trees. No matter how human they seem, keep your eyes on the road. On the fourth mile, you may hear voices whispering in your ear. Ignore them, no matter how human they seem. On the fifth mile, if the trees vanish, a random appearance of a lake, and the moon starts glowing, ignore them at all costs. On the sixth mile, take into account that you are more than halfway done. Despite the progress, you may lose hope here. The stars will have disappeared at this point, leaving the sky an empty black abyss. The clearing will have ended, leading you back into the woods. The only light you will be provided with is by your vehicle's headlights, but they will flicker from time to time, even if you're sure they're in perfect working order. If you have a radio in the vehicle, it will turn on here automatically. If you didn't turn it off beforehand, it will produce an overwhelming screech that will send you off the path. A calm voice will then begin to speak about your greatest fears, what it is you are horrified of in your life. It will speak in a way that will cause you to visualize the words in your mind, so don't listen to it. If you begin to comprehend what it's saying, the horrors will prove too much for you to stay on the road. On the seventh mile, you may hear voices again no matter how close they may sound. Ignore them at all costs. 
If the voices are coming from the back seat, do not turn around. Just keep ignoring them and focus your eyes on the road. On the eighth mile, slow down, but do not stop. If your headlights flicker, slow down, but don't stop. If it gets really cold, do not stop. If you hear or see anything, ignore them and keep driving. On the ninth mile, your vehicle will stall temporarily. Close your eyes and try to restart your vehicle. No matter what, do not open your eyes. Even if you hear anything telling you to open your eyes, just ignore them and remain your eyes closed. When your vehicle starts, drive as fast as you can to the next mile with your eyes closed. When the mile is over, you will know when the mile is over. You may open your eyes. On the 10th mile, on the 10th mile, the voices of the beings will stop. If you were to look into your rear view mirror, don't actually look into your rear view mirror, you will see them following you and are impressed that you have come a long way on the journey to what you desire because you are most likely going to your death. On the 11th and final mile, your vehicle may lose power but continue to move. If you see a red light ahead, close your eyes tightly. Cover them if you must. Cover your ears if you're able to. You will hear unrelenting and conceivable noises from all directions. No amount of bravery and conditioning will spare you from these sounds. You will feel things touching you. The cold will turn into a merciless heat, burning all parts of the vehicle. You will feel the illusion of flesh being burned off your bones, but no matter what, do not look. Once the power returns, stop your vehicle. Open your eyes. Take a deep breath and continue driving. Keep driving until your vehicle arrives at a dead end. Stop here and do not attempt to move again. Nothing will happen once you've reached this point. You may realize that you are back where you first began. This may confuse you, but know that you are finished. Your task is done. Close your eyes and imagine your deepest desire, even if it has changed from what the journey began. Imagine not desiring it, but possessing it. Open your eyes and you will find what you desire. So, now that the task is done, what's the catch? Is your vehicle cursed? Is there something you're about to lose? Is your death imminent? The answer to all is no, of course. You've done the challenge. You've proved worthy of what you desire. As stated before, the sounds of the 11th mile will continue to exist in your mind, potentially causing you some vivid and unusual nightmares but these should prove as nothing compared to what you've gained. But with that, thank you for joining us on the Dreary Midnight Podcast. If you would like to support the show, join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash midnight. If you have a story you would like to share, send in an email, drearymidnightpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to connect with the show, we are on Instagram at drearymidnightpod. And until next time... Stay away from Slenderman and do 11 miles.
at your own risk. Safe travels home on this dreary midnight. Good night. <laughs>